This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. It's a busy time here in the studio. The Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon, it's happening September 29th and the 30th. And joining us in the studio to talk more about it is once again Bethany Olson with Sanford. Hey, Bethany, good morning. Good morning. You know, we are super excited here at Results Town Square Media once again to be proud supporters of Cure Kids Cancer and, of course, the kiddos at the Sanford Children's Hospital. But before we kind of dive into Radiothon, why don't we talk about the Children's Hospital? Specifically, how does Cure Kids Cancer benefit the kiddos and their families that are currently there? Yeah, our Cure Kids Cancer program funds our oncology clinic, which is where kids come in for their checkups um, if after they've had cancer, as well as sometimes they'll get some chemotherapy. We call it outpatient chemotherapy if they're down in the clinic. And then it also supports um, the things that are happening up on our third floor, which is where Kids who are inpatient needing at least an overnight stay, if not longer, um, sometimes they'll receive their chemo up there too, but that's also where they go if they um, their counts get low and they get sick. So that way it's on the top floor of the castle. Um, that way there's less air tra- less flow of traffic coming in and out of there just to keep them a little bit more safe. And so we're supporting those two specific areas and the money is being used for our child life specialists. It's being used to support Camping It On which is a camp just for kids who have battled cancer cancer or who are currently battling cancer just to be have a chance to be a kid for a week um, with the the eyes of their um, oncologist and their nursing staff and all of those people on hand just in case something would happen. Um, and then we're also supporting families with meal vouchers and mileage reimbursement and lodging and um, just some extra expenses that add up for families, especially those out of town. Um, while they're dealing with a cancer diagnosis. So helping cover all of the bases um, for that whole family. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to the hospital for a second. Now, it's scary for kiddos to go into a hospital, see doctors, and kind of going in there not knowing what to expect. But for anyone who hasn't been to the hospital, it's not just any hospital. No, it's a castle. So why don't you talk to us about the castle? Yes, the castle looks like a castle on the outside, but it also looks like a castle through and through. Um, so each each floor of the hospital has its own little theme. It has murals. It has kid-friendly activities on the walls. There's ribbons that are on the floors that kids can follow and tr- um, kind of run along in a pattern. They can jump from star to star. There's, um, we call them like poly pocket doors, little tiny doors along the, along the way that are fun just to get kids up and out of their rooms, which is really important. Um, kids love to look for the hidden things that are in them, but they also use them for physical therapy and um, just getting kids to go up, like stand up and fully squat down, um, hand-eye coordination with opening doors, things like that. And it's all truly designed with the kids in mind. So things, if you're, if you've ever been in the hospital or been with a loved one in the hospital as an adult, in the middle of the night, somebody typically comes in and um, cleans out the dirty laundry and restocks your linens and all of these things, and it disturbs your sleep. Well, 
they still have to do those things in the castle, but it's set up so that you can do that from the outside of the room and not disturb the child that's sleeping. It's a huge win for families because the kids need sleep to get better. And so that's an extra special touch that we have there. And everything is able to be kind of closed off. All of the cords, all of the medical equipment, when the child comes into their room, they don't see that stuff. It's all in a cabinet and they walk into a room that has toys and a fleece blanket and so that it feels a little bit less hospital-like and they know that it's someplace that they're going to get better at and that they're going to be able to have fun while they're doing that. Absolutely. Treatment is a lot for kiddos, you know. It's a lot of anxiety and just a lot of uncertain questions, but sometimes they are a little bit entertained while they're getting treatment. We call those the basic needs. So what are some of those basic needs that kids need when they do receive their treatment sitting in a chair? So our child life specialists really help walk a, a child through kind of what does, when, it, when it's a cancer treatment, what does one, if as they're first getting diagnosed, they talk to them about what does cancer mean? What, what does this specific type of cancer mean? And they talk to the child in a way that that child will understand. So we have kids that are diagnosed when they're two, and then we also have kids who are diagnosed when they're 18. So they're, the child life specialists explain cancer to them in a way that the child will understand. And then they do the same thing with the type of treatment. Um, so child life specialists will show the kiddos how to um, have their port accessed and how to um, how the chemo is going to go in. And the kids can actually help administer fake chemo to a bear so that the child just feels a lot less um, a lot less scared about what's going to happen and that they're also kind of part of their care in, at the same time. So that's all happening before treatment really starts. And then once they they get go into their treatment, whether it's in the clinic or upstairs, they'll it's called an infusion um, in most cases. And they, I mean, the nurses double glove and get full, fully dressed up in robes and things because chemotherapy um, is such a dangerous medication but it's the only thing currently available to take to treat cancer so you see the nurses getting all um covered up essentially to administer the chemo and then it's going straight into the kid's bloodstream and then um the kiddo just kind of hangs out for as long as that chemotherapy um, infusion needs to last and we have games and ipads and coloring books and poly pockets and barbies and Hot Wheels cars and just everything that they would need there. And then um, they also, I've heard a few stories of kids that somehow there gets to be some silly string in their room and their doctors get sprayed with silly string when they come in. (laughs) And we just like to make sure that, again, they're going through something terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's, you feel sick. You don't, I mean, a lot of them, their taste buds change. They don't want to eat the foods that they used to love. So the little things that we can do, like silly string at your doctor or um, bubbles in in the infusion clinic, um, whatever is going to just make the kiddo feel a little bit more happy and joyful while they're there is important. Yeah, one of the big events that we've been talking about it is Radiothon. Again, that's happening September 29th and 30th. Now, historically, the two-day event was always at the castle until the pandemic in 2020 kind of changed things a little bit. For the last couple of years, the Radiothon has actually been here in our studios. And now, after two years, we can finally say that the Radiothon is coming back at the castle for this year's event. Now, when you look back at the last couple of years, if you can remember it, <laughs> How tough was it to kind of pivot to 
the studio from always doing it at the castle. Yeah, Radiothon, this Radiothon actually always used to be in March, which was one of the That's probably thing I forgot. Yeah. the biggest, um, that was probably the hardest decision because in March of 2020, we were ready for Radiothon. Mm-hmm. It was like the next week. Um, and that was, it was a week after the decision was made to kind of really shut things down in in our world of we didn't want to bring in extra people to the hospital because we didn't know what COVID-19 was at that time. We didn't know how it would impact our patients. We didn't know really what tools could we um, would work to slow down the spread to keep the patient safe from getting it, all of those things. So um, our team and the results team really paused and said, you know what, let's just see what this thing does. I think we can all laugh at ourselves now and say like, we thought it would be done by the summer um, (laughs) and that we'd be back in like, ready to go. So we actually, I want to say we postponed it twice. I don't remember that Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And then we landed in September and September is really the perfect time. It's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So we go gold in that month because gold is also the color of um, Childhood Cancer Awareness, the ribbon there. And so there's all of that stuff that has changed and that's all different. And then we look at the pivot to being in studio. And I think for us, we we knew what we needed. We knew we needed a way for you guys to broadcast on air. Yeah. And we knew we needed a way for people to get calls in. And so once we figured those two things out, we knew you would be fine. Um, but it's just different. I mean, our volunteers loved being able to hear and see the radio teams doing their thing, talking on air, all of that. And I think that a lot of you guys also missed the interaction with not only just your counterpart in the studio, that you had, but it was, I mean, you were with the same person for 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. not a lot of outside interaction there. And then you didn't get the interaction with the, the volunteers. And you also didn't get to see the day-to-day hustle and bustle of the castle. We're in the lobby, so we're not up on patient floors with Radiothon, but you see patients coming in and out, going to their clinic appointments. You see the, the big wheeled carts that are coming down from upstairs of a kiddo who's been in the hospital for a while and they get to go home. So they have their presents and their balloons and their pillows and their clothes and all these things. And that was something you didn't see when you were at the studio. So I think we're all really excited to have the energy and the camaraderie back by being in the same space, but also being reminded with every kid that walks by of the impact that Radiothon has and the impact that spending 12 hours a day for two full days on air, which it's not easy to talk for that long and especially not to talk about something that is emotional. And it it makes you think of just how lucky a lot of us are to not have had to um, deal with cancer, especially in pediatric situations. And um, so it just makes that a little bit more impactful to see the impact that you have when you're at the castle so if you haven't noticed yet i'm really excited to be back at the castle yes bethany also with sanford talking about this year's radiothon and cure kids cancer now do you feel a little bit more ready for this year knowing that you kind of know how things are going to work out I do and I don't. So the last time that we did this Radiothon, the last time we did El Radiothon in the castle was March of 2019. Mm -hmm. So that's over three years ago. And I don't know about you, but I don't remember a lot of details from three and a half years ago. Not really, no. Of like, (laughs) what do we need? What's different when we're at the castle? You know, I said we need, for sure, we need two things. We need you guys to be able to get your radio shows out into the air. And then we need phones to be able to come in. But there's a few other things when we're at the castle that just make it a little extra special. So we are working through all of those details right now, of just making sure that 
um, we do create a good experience for everybody who's going to join us at the hospital. And then we're also this year navigating a little bit of construction at Sanford. So we are kind of changing things up a little bit, even though we will still be at um, the castle. It's going to be a little different than it used to be in 2019, too. So Yes and no. (laughs) I think I can say, too, something that people can expect to hear during the two days is there's going to be a lot more noise Mm -hmm. because in the studio, it's kind of all comprehended. You have people coming in and out, and that's pretty much it. But now you're going to hear those phones ringing. You're Mm -hmm. going to hear volunteers taking those phone calls. And like you mentioned, you're going to hear kiddos get super excited. Mm -hmm. And you might even hear other radio stations that are on air during Radiothon (laughs) because you you are right next to them. We try to give you a little bit of space, but at the same time, you're you're right there and you're in the same room. And so it's, it's a fun experience and it, you can hear the hustle and bustle always on air. And I think the thing that we always try to remind listeners of, sometimes we do share a, a sad story, a memorial story during Radiothon. And that story might not be playing at the same time on the station that's right next to the station that you're listening to during Radiothon. So sometimes they might be cheering and so happy because the outcome of the story that they just shared is fantastic. And the one that you just listened to was a hard story to hear. And so that's also a, a little bit of a challenge when we are in one space. It I wouldn't change that for the world, but we just know that sometimes the, the sto- stories don't line up with where they're being shared. So you just also have to be prepared for that, that they're not clapping because of the memorial story. They're clapping because of a great win for another kiddo. Absolutely. And you know what? For anyone who isn't familiar with Cure Kids Cancer, would you say that that's what it's all about, sharing the stories from these kiddos and their families and figuring out how you can help them? Yeah, a lot of our families, especially several of them this year, have said, you know, we would never ask for our child to have cancer. Nobody ever would, but we are going to make the most out of this time. And we feel that sharing our story is how we can make a difference for other families. And that is just an incredible outlook to have of as you're going through something terrible, watching your kid go through something, something terrible and knowing that sharing your story is going to make a difference. And that's how you can make a difference. It's just we are so lucky to have families that see it that way because they do. They share some of the realest and rawest moments of their lives with us for the Radiothon. And it's then shared with thousands of people that they will probably never meet. And they do it just to make sure that um, the listeners understand, like, we need people like our donors to give back and to call into Radiothon to help make sure that we have child life for, for my kiddo. We have... Um, a, a mileage reimbursement for me who's traveling from Watertown every three days for chemotherapy treatment for my child and I can't work and all of these things. Every single donation that call, comes in means so much to the families that have already gone through treatment because they know that like my story helped make a difference for somebody else, but they also know that it's making a difference for a family who hasn't even started the journey yet. Historically, how much money would you say has been raised from this event alone? And are there any new goals this year? So this event, I believe, as long as we have an, a year that we normally do, we will reach $4 million this year. Wow. Over the course of, I believe, Radiothon started in 2009 was the first year. And so $4 million over the course of about 13 years. On average, we raise between two dollars and $300,000. Um, it kind of fluctuates year by year. And obviously, the pandemic um, changed a lot of that. But we are hopeful that 
we continue to just, with every dollar that comes in, we continue to know that it's going to make a difference for our kiddos. Absolutely. And it's going to local kids, kiddos mm-hmm. that are going to benefit a lot from these funds raised. Now, can you give folks an idea, Bethany, about these kiddos that we're going to be hearing stories from? Or maybe you have stories about kids that you've met. Yes, I sure can. So I'll just start with Harper. Harper is the kiddo who is on our social media images this year. Um, and so you've probably been seeing her around quite a bit. She is a young girl who is battling cancer for the second time. She um, rang the bell in at the end of 2021, um, which signals that she's done with cancer or done with cancer, done with chemo. She is in remission. So no more cancer in her body. And then come, actually, I believe it was on Valentine's Day of 2022 this year, um, they went in for her three-month scans, which would just be confirming everything, making sure there's still no cancer in her body, everything looks good. And as long as those scans came back clear, they were going to take her port out. And those scans came back and they showed that her cancer was back and it had spread. So she had kidney cancer. And now her cancer um, had spread to her lungs. Mm. So she had to start chemotherapy right right away again. Um, Harper had been homeschooled during chemotherapy and treatment the first time and had just gotten back into school for a couple weeks. Um, and then now she's back to being at home for schooling. Um, but she had to have chemotherapy again, a little bit stronger of a dosage this time around just to make sure that we're getting rid of all of the cancer cells, and then she had to have radiation again. And she is still, so she did chemotherapy, then radiation, and now she's back doing chemotherapy. Um, So that's Miss Harper. She is a fighter. She is incredible. She plays a mean game of Uno. Oh, boy. (laughs) And, um, yes, so she is one of the kiddos that we will be sharing her story for this year. Um, But she is a spitfire, and as is her mom, and they have really embraced the journey in the best way that they possibly can. She's one of them that they've said, you know, we can't change it, but we can make the most out of it. And we want to do that by sharing our story to make sure that people know that the work that's happening at Sanford Children's for families like ours and make sure that people understand the need to give back so that we have all of the the care that we need right here in Sioux Falls. Yeah, those stories that you're going to hear like Harper's, they are going to be tough to listen to. Mm -hmm. But the donation that you are going to make is going to help kiddos like Harper. And once again, that Radiothon is happening September 29th and 30th. It's the annual Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon. Bethany, before we let you go, why don't you tell us that phone number for Cure Kids Cancer? Yes, so it is 605-328-5750. will be the number that you can call on September 29th and 30th. All right. Once again, Bethany Olson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Lots of great events happening around the Sioux Empire. Lots of great venues for those events. One of them is the Canton Performing Arts Center. And someone that knows a lot more about it than what I do is Dr. Dan. Hey, Dr. Dan, welcome. Hello there. How are you today? You know what? I'm doing really well, especially since we're going to be talking about this great venue that's here, the events that are coming up. But before we get into any of that, let's talk about the venue itself, the Canton Performing Arts Center. Where is it located? When did it first open? Stuff like that. Well, our Performing Arts Center is going into its fourth year. It opened in November of 
2019. Uh, it was built by the, the Canton School District after a bond issue passed uh, to get it built, as well as some additional work done on our elementary and high school. It seats a thousand people and it's a state of the art um, facility. Uh, it was engineered with uh, sound and, and performing sight lines in mind. Uh, it's got uh, 750 seats on the main floor and 250 seats in a balcony. There isn't a bad seat from both a sight line and from sound in the facility. has a full theatrical fly and actually has an orchestra pit uh, built into the stage um, so that it can be used for musicals and a variety of events. Great load-in and load-out facilities, and it's attached right to our high school. Um, it's a tremendous gift that the members of our school district and community gave to our community. Really enjoyed four years of cooperation, if, I, if you can, with the school district. So. It sounds like a great venue. It's beautiful. How did you get involved with it? Well, I... Um, I've always been uh, a lover of the arts and a variety of things and and um, a member of the community now for close to 40 years. And I looked at the opportunity to be part of uh, bringing more people into our community so that they can see what we have. Um, and I, quite honestly, I was asked. And so somebody said, hey, want to join our group? And I said, Oh, it sounds like an interesting thing to be involved with, and I can make a difference. So that's kind of my pay it forward project, if you will. Yeah, so you said it opened four years ago, so it's still fairly new here around the area. And there's already been some big events that has taken place. Can you tell us about some of the shows that have happened there? Well, we've we've had the South Dakota Symphony, uh, the String Quartet, and the Wind Quintet. Uh, this Just this last summer, we had a Johnny Cash tribute concert by James Garner. Uh, it was very successful and, and uh, a lot of fun. We've had... Um, a variety of music events. We've had some Augustana jazz band members down. We've had a, a group out of the Twin Cities called Ring of Kerry, which is an Irish band that performed at the Sioux Empire Folk Festival or the um, Friends of Old Time Music Festival down at Newton Hills. Um, so, uh, plus we have a very large Veterans Day program that happens every year, and that was actually the original event. The opening event was a our Veterans Day program in 2019, and actually uh, it was filled. There weren't uh, any seats available in that for that Veterans program. I know that the Canton Performing Arts Center not only helps support other events, but you guys also have a lot of big shows coming up. So first, tell us about some of the shows that you have coming down the pike. Well, the first one is Sunday, October 2nd, and we're really excited to have Sean Johnson and his big band experience coming to the Performing Arts Center for a Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock performance. The doors will open at 3. Uh, ticket sales are going really well. We anticipate that the, this is a very popular group in the Sioux Falls area, and he's been touring this summer and continuing to tour this fall. If people aren't familiar with him, he's from Sioux Falls, and he's also performs with the group Tonic Solfa. And uh, I know when when you mention Tonic Solfa, most people's eyes light up and go, oh, yeah, okay. Well, Sean's one of the lead singers, and he's bringing a big band of seven um, musicians and himself uh, to the Performing Arts Center on uh, Sunday afternoon, 
on the second. Um, then later on this year uh, in December, we're partnering with the Goodnight Theater Collective out of uh, Sioux Falls. They're going to open their show, Little Women. Uh, in Canton on Sunday, December 11th. And then the following week, two weeks, they will be performing at the Belbus Theater at uh, the Mary, at the uh, Washington Pavilion. In the spring, we've, we've partnered with the South Dakota Symphony again to bring uh, their musicians to the Performing Arts Center. And we're going to end up in April with the Heartland Jazz Band, about a 20-musician band from Augustana University uh, will be there at the end of April uh, performing kind of jazz and swing music. And we're going to be looking for something like um, Johnny Cash for the summer. So we're still working on that. Yeah, uh, lots of exciting shows happening. Any show that you're particularly excited about? You know, I like... I like them all. I think um, we're going to be bringing a kind of a variety of of uh, uh, entertainment to the community. I've you know I've had people say, "Well, I don't know if I want to come and listen to the symphony." And I said, "Have you ever listened to a symphony orchestra?" No. Well, how do you know you wouldn't really enjoy it? And it's fun having the symphony because they ask for one microphone, and that's just for somebody to tell them the audience what piece they're playing, because their instruments take care of the amplification by themselves. And in our auditorium, it's really a rich, rich sound that they will hear. And so we like to bring uh, opportunities to our community to listen to a variety of kinds of um, music and other performances. And so we're also excited about the play coming in December. We think that'll be uh, really exciting. And our our own high school musical department, music department is doing uh, some musicals this fall. They haven't released what those will be yet, so I can't tell you what they, they will be, but they've been a lot of fun as well. High school musical, maybe? When you uh, said that title, it got me yeah. thinking, Dr. Dan. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know that the middle school is going to do something based on Footloose uh, this fall, and it'll be the first time our middle school students have had an opportunity to perform a, a musical, and so um, again, that just fosters at a younger age uh, musical her- musical education and maybe a love for performing arts. Absolutely. Dr. Dan joining in the studio right now talking about the Canton Performing Arts Center. Now, let's talk about some of the events that the Canton Performing Arts Center supports. The Pumpkin Festival at the Riverview Christmas Tree Farms and also some other stuff that you guys support as well. Well, we're supporting by partnering with those organizations and letting people know that those are events happening in our community. The Pumpkin Festival takes place uh, at River. View Christmas Tree Farm, and it's the last weekend in um, September, and then three weekends in October. Uh, Festival is at Newton Hill State Park, which is in our backyard. And anytime uh, we can partner with somebody to bring people to our community or through our community, we want to try to do that. And plus, we are partnering uh, with our school district to support uh, the arts, entertainment, and education in our school district. So. Um, also, we have an event that's coming up that's being sponsored by another local organization. It's called Tales from the Grave. It's going to feature six prominent um, uh, Cantonites from the past who are buried 
in Forest Hills Cemetery. And uh, well, there'll be six uh, individuals kind of reenacting and recreating stories about their lives and what they've meant to not only Canton, but the history of Southeast South Dakota. Very cool stuff coming up there. Now, Dr. Dan, this could be the hardest question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Can we see you up there on stage? Is there a little actor in you somewhere? Uh, I'm I'm going to actually partake in the Tales from the Grave. I'm going to be Dr. Cyrus Went, uh, physician. Um, and so they felt it was only I, I would understand the lingo of being a physician. Um, I don't know. I tell people that I'm wanted in three states for my singing, so I'm not sure you're going to see me up on stage um, at a musical. For I, but I think just I like to be behind the scenes mm-hmm. and helping and, and enabling others. You know, the, I always the other thing I always tell people is the only musical instrument I play is a stereo. Most young people look at me and wonder what in the world a stereo is. But uh, so anyway, that's. That's my extent. I'd just as soon promote and be part of helping others share their talents. Anything else that you would like to say about the Canty Performing Arts Center? No, I just encourage folks to come and, and see an event in there and and then follow us on our Facebook page, Canton Performing Arts Council. And then cantonpack.com is our website. And you can find out about all of the events happening in the Performing Arts uh, Center Uh get to the links to buy tickets if they're interested and find out a little bit more about us through those websites and that Facebook page. Awesome. Dr. Dan, thanks so much for joining us in the studio to talk about this great venue here in the Sioux Empire. Uh, We hope more people get a chance to uh, look at it and uh, interact with us in that facility. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Bethany Olson and Dr. Dan for coming in on the show today. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.